Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, it is my prayer and my desire for you that the ministry of the Word this morning will be so that the Lord touch your heart, that through His Holy Spirit, He brings revelation, understanding concerning that which you need to know in the times that we are living in. And in the times that we are living in, I want to ask you a question, precious child of God. What is that truth that you are presently standing on, that you are holding on to, leaning on in this particular season of your life? At this point in time, what is that truth that stands out for you that you are truly holding on? Because if there's no truth in God's word that you are leaning on, then my question is, what is it that you are leaning on? For me, in the season and the time that we are living in, 1 Corinthians 15 verses 52, for me right now, speaks very, very loudly to me. And I read for you. It says there, For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. God speaks of things that shall happen, that shall come to pass. And this is something that I look forward to, something that I believe all of us are preparing ourselves and getting ourselves ready for the season is here and the time is at hand. When I woke up on Wednesday morning, I was quite uncomfortable. I was quite disturbed about, and I, don't, I couldn't put my finger precisely on it, but something was just uneasy within me. And the more I thought about it during that morning getting ready for work, I just couldn't shake this off. And then something just revealed this to me. I know it's the Holy Spirit, but something just connected with me. And I felt that this world presently is blanketed. It's like it has been veiled with a mist, so to speak. The whole world where the people are overcome with the problems of the day, with the cares of the world, and they are deliberately being blinded, and especially spiritually. And God's word just came to mind that this world is being veiled from the truth because even in this, God's word speaks of a moment such as this in the book of 1 Corinthians 1.18, where it says there that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is, and listen to what it says here, it is the power of God for those who are being saved. You and I, you and I, it is the power of God for us. And I sense this, and I truly believe that it is so. And this is the message, the strong message that I want to share with you this morning, that this world is in a desperate need of a breakthrough. Now, I'm not talking about when you go to the shop and when you purchase a pair of sneakers at a discounted price. I'm not talking when you're going down to your local supermarket and you buy two chocolates for the price of one. That's not the breakthrough that I'm talking about. It is a divine breakthrough. It is a breakthrough that is divine in its origin and divine in its application. It is a breakthrough that takes you to that next level, that higher place in your journey and your walk with God. It takes you to that higher place in your own faith. It is, it is, a, it is a breakthrough that is so desperately needed by the church 
but by you as the individual as well. And this is what I want to share with you this morning. And God's word will minister that to you. And God shares this with us in his word, that there are such a divine breakthrough beckoning each and every single one of us. God prepares us for that. I mean, God tells us of this blessing to come. And I read for you in Proverbs 10 verses 22. It says there, The blessing of the Lord makes rich makes you rich, and it adds no sorrow with it. It's God's will to grant you such a blessing. That is His will for you. When this divine breakthrough come upon your life, it will also remove this veil that the world currently find itself in, this spiritual lethargy, this, spirit, this spiritual paralysis, so to speak, that this world finds itself in. That is the purpose of this whole blanket of, 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 of and mist that is covering the world. And God wants this divine breakthrough to come upon you. And we read in the Word of God of such occasions, and in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, I want to read a few verses for you concerning this. But before I do, I want you to understand God always prepares you for that breakthrough. It is His will. Make absolutely sure of that. You, may, you must know this. But God prepares you for that divine breakthrough to come. But before it comes, there is a Jericho that you need to get past. You have to have the walls of Jericho in your life to come down before you enter into that promised land. And it is by faith that we trust into God that He comes to activate that plan, that great breakthrough that He has for you. So please join me as we embark on this journey to learn how God prepares us for this breakthrough and how to obtain it and how to walk in that blessedness that we can also say that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and He adds no sorrow to it. So in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, I want to read for you from uh, Verse 3, verse 5, 7, and 8. And listen to how God prepares Joshua for his breakthrough. And by that also he prepares Israel for their breakthrough. Verse 3 says this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I will be with you, the Lord says, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Do according to all the law and do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And then verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Do according to all that is written in it. Do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Every one of us want to have such words spoken over us by God Almighty. Every one of us want to have such a preparation of a divine breakthrough that comes for our life. But you see... We have to get ourselves in that place that we position ourselves to be ready to obtain this breakthrough. And you see, Joshua did position himself to obtain that breakthrough. You know, when we talk about Joshua, for many years, when I think of Joshua, my heart went out to him. And some, sometimes in, in, in the years gone by, 
and not so far back, I thought, wow, Lord, it was, you were tough on Joshua. I mean, he didn't give any bad report. He was obedient and faithful. He went for 40 days into the land of Canaan, and himself and Caleb came back, and they gave a good report. In fact, they were ready to go and slay those giants of the Amalekites. They were, oh, sorry, of the Anakites. They were ready. They were ready to go into the promised land, but yet God did not grant him that request. But here is the thing. Over the 40 years that Joshua was in the desert, he moved out of the land of Egypt. He became the commander of the army of Israel under the leading of Moses. He was the leader in his tribe of Ephraim. And he was elected as a spy to go into the promised land 40 days he would be there. He came back and he served under Moses. He was his student and his tutor and he's uh, being under Moses' tutorship and he submitted as a servant under Moses until the time would come that he would become the leader of God's people, God's nation. God chose Joshua for that. And here is the thing, the revelation that came to me. God never prepared Joshua to go into the promised land as a spy as a scout for Israel. God would prepare Joshua to enter the promised land as the leader of his people, of the people of Israel. Can you see how God set this aside for Joshua? So the 40 years was his preparation. And so too, we read of many people in God's word where he prepared them before the, the, the great and divine breakthrough would come. For 13 years, more or less, David had to flee from Saul, who wanted to kill him, the shepherd boy who was anointed by the prophet Samuel to become the king. He slayed the giant. He was in the court of the king, playing music to him. He befriended the king's son, who became his best friend, Jonathan. And yet the king turned against him and pursued him for 13 years. But he was prepared by God for his breakthrough. And when that, come, when that came, he was ready to ascend to the throne. So too the Lord prepared Joseph for 13 years. From the pit, he went to Potiphar's house. He went to the prison. He went to the palace to become the prime minister of Egypt. 13 years, the Lord prepared him. And so it was with Jonah. God told Jonah, you must go and speak to the people of Nineveh because my judgment shall come upon them. But Jonah decided he was going to run. He was not going to do this. He's not going to a Gentile people. He would run. And the fish swallowed him. And the fish also vomited him out. And then Jonah was useful for God. And he went and did what God asked him to do. You and I are being prepared for a breakthrough. Wherever you are in your season right now, you are being prepared for that breakthrough. And I want to say to you, child of God, you cannot stop. You cannot give up because God is preparing you for that breakthrough to come. And God has already laid the ground for you and for I. In the book of John 3.16, and we all know the scripture of heart by now, but there's a pivotal part in that scripture that shares something um, to us. God says that he loved the world so much that he gave his son to die for us, that we may not perish, but have eternal life. But you see, God positions us to be in line and come in line with what he has prepared for us. Because a very critical portion I just left out, it says, for those who believe if you believe, you position yourself for God's divine breakthrough to come for you. You see, 
Before you obtain that breakthrough, you're going to have to get past your wall of Jericho. There is a Jericho wall that must come down in the lives in each and every single one of us. And this is most often the thing that, is, that seems so impossible. The thing that you just cannot get by. The thing that is, that is literally, it's impossible. And you know impossible is good. Because when you see something as impossible, it means that you are paving the ground. You are, you, you are getting the stage ready for God to enter. Because this is what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26. He said this, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, there's a thing that you need to know about the Jericho in your life. The walls that are up there in your life. You have been trying so hard to get rid of them. Let me tell you, it is not up to you to get, ready, uh, to get rid of those walls. That's not your job. That's God's. Your job is to give it to God, to allow Him to do what only He can do. Joshua didn't pull down the walls. God went before him and did that. You see, our Jericho wall can only be defeated when we surrender this to God. Catherine Kuhlman, in her ministry, when it was flourishing, she met a man and she married him. And as a good Christian wife, she submitted to her husband. He was a pastor too. And she was there to support him in his ministry. And obviously her ministry dwindled. But she did that because she wanted to be a good wife. And one night she was walking there in the streets. Four or five years, I think it was down the line, being married walking in the street, and she was confronted with God who said to her, it is not his will for her to be married to this man. This man was married before, but for the call of God upon her life, this was not God's plan. And she often tells it like this, she had to make a decision between the love of her life here on earth versus the love of her life in the heavens. And she let go of that man, and then her ministry started flourishing. The, the healing crusades, thousands upon thousands of people got healed because she heeded to that. You see, the Jericho wall in her life, she had to surrender to God. God had to remove him out of the way so that God could bless her ministry where he called her and he saw her. Billy Graham shares the story of himself and three friends. In 1948, they made a pact that they would agree to a certain high standard, a certain level of life that sets them above every other person because in this they would hold each other accountable. You see, the Billy Graham ministry was flourishing at the time. Prominence, it rose to prominence at that particular time. But these four men agreed to four things that they themselves would not do. And they said, we will refrain from and we will not expose ourselves to sexual immorality nor to the abuse and the misuse of money. In other words, they would walk in financial integrity. They would not criticize any of the local churches and they will never overstate or exaggerate the, 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 the crowd numbers that attend the crusades and the gatherings and the meetings. These four men agreed to this and because they held each other accountable to that, to live the higher life, 
a higher set of standards that they ascribed to. Because of that, God removed the Jericho that was beckoning them because pride, fame, popularity, all those things were beckoning them, but they devoted themselves to God, and God blessed their particular ministry. When I came to this church, I sat, sat here in the back the very first time, and I, as I entered through those doors, a song was playing. Come, now is the time to worship. Now is the time to give your heart. It would only be many years later that the power of the words of that song would come and have its meaning in my heart. But I walked into this church and I heard the praise and the worship in this church. Unknown to me before by any other church that I've attended up until that point in time. And I fell in love with the worship here. But for four years, four years, I would never raise my hands in worship. It was my opinion that as a Christian, how I worship God is, is, is up to me. I would criticize no one. Many people in this church, they were lifting up their hands in worship. And I had no problem with that. But for me, I would worship God in my way. And if you are such a person who think this is right, I want to tell you it is wrong. For four years, I was robbed from worshiping God in the way that He wants. Because this word tells us how God wants us to worship Him. It's not about how you believe you should worship God. It's how God wants you to worship Him. And when that moment came that I raised my hands, something happened in me. You know, when you raise your hands to God, something is released in you. I do believe when you lift up your hands, God takes hold of your hands and he ministers to you through his Holy Spirit because no longer are you just singing words and songs. You are ministering to God and those words have meaning and they have power. When you raise your hand, even now as I do it, there's a release coming. There is this feeling of total peace and liberty that comes because of a surrenderedness unto God. My Jericho was my will and until I had to surrender that Jericho, nothing was going to happen. And ever since then, I could never fathom the notion or the thought of how you can worship and not raising your hands to God because I give honor to Him. I surrender to Him. I give it to Him. I do not sing. I worship Him. It is not my words. It is the words that He elected that I might choose to bring honor and glory to Him. And this is what I want for each and every single one of you. You know, the Jericho that you are facing, it is not the economy of this world. The Jericho that you need to surrender, that is not, that is not the, your finances that you are struggling with. It's not the job that you are battling to get that breakthrough. It is not the COVID virus out there. It is not whether you should or should not get the vaccination. The Jericho that you are struggling with, that impossibility that you perhaps see, the Jericho is the thing which you have not surrendered unto God. Unless you surrender this, you will not receive that divine breakthrough. You cannot position yourself to receive that breakthrough if you are an unsurrendered person. Your Jericho wall must come down before you enter into the promised land. And it is through faith that this happens, that your faith activates God's plan to come into fruition and to fulfillment. That plan, that divine breakthrough that He has for you. you something that came to mind to me is uh, concerning faith. It's like this. You cannot do anything without God, but God will do nothing without you. Unless you make the first move, God cannot and will not do anything. I want to take you back to Joshua and 
shortly we'll read out of an, another portion there in Joshua 2. But Joshua learned a lot of lessons in the 40 years that he, were, that he was in the desert. He was not going to do likewise as Moses did. Pay attention, when Joshua sent spies to Jericho, he only sends two spies. Not 12, but two. And secondly, he sends them in secret. Not publicly, as with the 12 spies. Everybody was awaiting the 12 spies to return. But here, Joshua only sends two spies. At the risk of perhaps receiving a bad report, it would be only two spies. But he sends them in secret. Only him and the two spies knew of this. So they would come and feed back to him. But listen to now what these two spies says. When they speak and they feed back to Joshua what they've heard, this is what they are being told by Rahab, the prostitute who was there in Jericho. Joshua 2 verses 9 to 11. Listen to what she says. I know the Lord has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. Verse 10, for we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know that you, uh, what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. And now verse 11 also, no wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Hearing these words, these two spies must have been so on fire and ready to come and fight um, the, the, the Canaanites there in, in Jericho. But there's a hidden message here that I want you to understand. Because when these two spies come and they give feedback concerning this, which they have heard, there's something, there's a message here that was meant just for Joshua. Listen here. When this message, these words were shared by the two spies. Remember, these two spies, they weren't there when, when these two things happened. The two things in, in, chapter, uh, in, in verse 10 says this, that... The people were fearful because they have heard of the Red Sea parted and the people walked through to the dry land. These two spies heard of this. Joshua was there. He knows what happened. He saw God do it at that point in time. He saw the miraculous, the powerful work of God Almighty because he was there. And concerning those two kings... These two spies heard of it too. Joshua was there. Most likely he's the one who killed these two kings. Because remember, he was the leader of the army of Israel under Moses. He knows exactly what happened there. He was at least involved in that battle. And let me share something with you. The Amorites here are the giants. King, um, these two kings, Sihon and Og, they were known as the kings of the giants. Of Og, it is written in the book of, of Deuteronomy that his bed was 12 cubits in length and 4 cubits in width. In our modern day terms, that is 4.1 meters in length and 1.8 meters in width. These were giants and Joshua was there. He was there when he saw the power of God defeating these giants. This message God give, gave to Joshua through these two spies by the mouth of Rahab so that Joshua's faith could be stirred in knowing that same God that he experienced then at the Red Sea and also there by defeating these two Amorite kings, that same God is with him now. That stirred his faith so much that we read from then on, Joshua took Israel through the Jordan. The Jordan River also dried up. He made them all uh, being sacrificed because this new generation, no men was, was sacrificed. 
That was something that happened with the old generation that passed away in the desert. And they also had Passover, something that they didn't have with the new generation. And then the moment came in Joshua 5, where Joshua went out that morning and he looked at Jericho, it says. He looked at Jericho. And I think, I think Joshua looked at this and he looked at these great walls and he thought, you are that that is standing between me and my promised land. I was here 40 years ago. I am ready for these giants. I saw you once and I was ready to come for you. And now I am here. But then he looked up, it says, he looked up. And what did he see? There he sees the commander of the army of God. And he asked him, and he saw him with his sword in his hand. And he asked him, are you for us or are you against us? And he said, and the reply was, Neither. I am the commander of the army of God. And immediately Joshua knew he was looking in the face of God himself. Couldn't have been the father because the word said that whoever sees the father will not live. Couldn't be the Holy Spirit because he had not been poured out as yet. It could only be Jesus that he saw face to face before he became flesh. And right there, Joshua bowed down. And he worshipped, and the commander of the army of God said to him, Take off your shoes, because you are standing on holy ground. Right there, Joshua knew, I am not going to fight this battle. God is here with me. He is here with Israel. He is going to fight this battle for us. He is removing the walls of Jericho. My faith is in this God. I've seen him before. I bear witness of that, because I was there, and I saw it with my own eyes. And God is saying, He too is going to fight the giants for you. He too is going to uh, tear down those walls of Jericho in your life. How is he going to do this? Listen, pay attention here, because here we read that the commander of the army of God had his sword not in his sheath, he had the sword in his hand. Child of God, in the hour that we are living in, you cannot have the sword of God in your sheath. You have to have it in your hand because this is where you read. This is where you pray. This is where you declare and you speak the word of God because God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth because it is still his word. In the season that you are in, you have to have the sword of the spirit, the word of God in your hand. This is how you destroy and how you annihilate the enemy. And Joshua knew this. And Joshua knew that victory was beckoning him. When Joshua looked up, things changed for him. Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2 says this, I cast my eyes, I look up to the heavens. Where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Right now in the season that we are in, in the book of Luke, it says there, Look up, for your redemption draweth near. Three weeks or so ago, uh, a lady phoned me, and she just wanted to phone to testify of what God did for her. Nine months ago, she spoke with me, and I couldn't remember it. I had to go back to communication to find out what it was all about. But she just phoned to testify of how God came and set her free. A miracle, a breakthrough, a divine breakthrough happened for her. Nine months ago, and without giving great detail, this woman was going through great struggles. And she, she contacted me on the day asking for prayer. And then God's Holy Spirit ministered unto her. She was struggling with drug addiction and with smoking. 
and the, uh, amongst other things, but these are the two critical things that I just want to mention. And she wanted to be set free from this. What did she do? She came and gave her Jericho to God. The Holy Spirit ministered unto her, and she came to the understanding. She wasn't struggling with drugs, or she wasn't struggling with smoking. It was the spirit of addiction that had to be dealt with, and the Holy Spirit revealed that to her, and by the name of Jesus Christ, she was healed. She phoned three weeks ago to say that since then, she has been free from smoking for nine months. Kenneth E. Hagen tells the story. There was a lady in one of his congregations. She was, she was wheelchaired because of having had arthritis. And on the odd occasion, she would be sick in the church and come forward for prayer, you know, having a, a flu here or a cough there, and she would be healed. And he said him and his wife would just stir to go and visit this woman. And they arrived at her house the one evening because he wanted to pray for her. He wanted to set her free from this bondage of being, being kept in this, uh, this wheelchair because of arthritis. And the Holy Spirit was powerfully present that, 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 that night when he visited this woman, him and his wife. And at one moment, she, 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 she rose up from that wheelchair and, and, and he, he sensed the power of God that this woman is to be set free. And then... She started saying, oh, 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 and she was looking back for, for, the, for the chair, just to go and fall back into the chair. And immediately Kenneth E. Hagen stopped praying and he said to this woman, you do not have faith to be healed from this chair, from this wheelchair, do you? And this woman said, no, I do not have faith to be set free from this wheelchair. I will remain in this wheelchair until the day that I die. And you know what? And so it was. She spoke it. She received it. She was not prepared to give her Jericho to God. There was no faith there. Of all the people in Jericho, one person, one person had faith. And that was the, the prostitute, the harlot, Rahab. She had faith, but look at what her faith resulted in. Her whole family got saved because of her faith. One person's faith, your faith, can save your whole family. And I want to close off with this. I know there are people out there who are going through hard times. You have been veiled by the concerns and the worries and the fears of this world because you have been spiritually blinded. There's spiritual paralysis in you, and the Lord wants to deliver you from that. There are people who are backslidden that wants to come back. I know you hear this message, and you know God is speaking to you. There are people who are not on fire as they're supposed to be, but you want to make a comeback. There are people who have never made this confession of their salvation, and I want to help you with that. There are people who want to be that person that is saved and who wants to see their whole family saved, and I want to pray for you as well. Whomever you are, there where you are, please close your eyes, as I would love to pray for you and lead you in prayer as I close off with this. Heavenly Father, you see this brother and this sister and even this child, Father God, who wants to return to you, who wants to be set free, who wants to stand in the gap for their family to be saved. I pray, Father, that you will stir this person in their faith. And I pray with them, Father God, your prayer of salvation, that which you teach us in accordance with your word in the book of Romans 10, chapter 9 and 10. It says there that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, we will be saved. 
because it is with our hearts that we are made right with God and it is by confessing with our mouths that we've been called unto salvation. Child of God, you who have made your comeback, you are reaching out, you who do no longer want to be lukewarm. This day, I pray by the name of Jesus Christ that your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that you may know that, that the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit may come upon you, that you may know that you are set free, that repent of all your sins and the Lord will wipe them all away, that your name has been grafted into the heavens and in the heavens they rejoice because of this. Let your breakthrough, your divine breakthrough come from this moment onwards. Expect it that this is what God wants to do for you. Father, I glorify your name in this. May it be so, Lord. Bless these people. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.